Hello, welcome to another show of Kapow Radio. Why this verse is awesome. I'm your host, Brother Kapow, Paul Kapow. Now, the other day I was thinking about a scripture. Go figure. And it's a scripture in Peter, 1 Peter 5 8. And here's how it goes it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Okay, we've read this a hundred times. We've seen it a lot of times, especially those who are into spiritual warfare and things like that. Now, in context, Peter is talking about anxiety. He's talking about, you know, um, you know, playing nice in the sandbox with other Christians in the, the true church of Christ, uh, the, the brethren. And, um, you know, being humble and not, you know, being prideful and stuff like that. And he says, you know, humble yourselves and, you know, God will exalt you in due time. And then in verse seven, casting all your care upon him, that's anxiety for he careth for you. And then right after that, he says, be sober, be vigilant. Now this is in relation to the anxiety that you're supposed to release unto God. And here's why, because if you don't release the anxiety, if you don't release the fear and cast it upon God, that he cares for you and has a bigger plan for you. If you're stuck in the afflictions, because afflictions are part of life, whether you're a Christian or not, you're going to go through hell because that's part of life down here. It's part of this, why we're down here. It just is suffering is just the part of it. So if, if any teacher, any church, any, any leader, anybody tries to tell you that, you know, your best day is Friday and that there's no suffering here. God is only a God of grace and happiness and joy and goosebumps and experiential Holy Spirit stuff. They're doing you a great disservice because you're not prepared for the crap that you're going to go through and that you do go through and you have nothing to look forward to or to lean on or to hope for. And that is your eternal life. And like Peter says, if you cast all your care upon him, he cares for you. And if you're humble about that and you, you submit yourself under the hand of God, he's going to exalt you in due time. That doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, uh, president of the United States or, you know, the leader anywhere, but in your eternal uh, condition into your eternal salvation, you will be exalted as his inheritance. Okay. So down here, we cast all our anxiety, anxiety on him. And then in verse eight, he says, be sober. In other words, do not be intoxicated with anxiety. It, it comes right after he tells you about anxiety, cast all your distraction, all your care, all your, all your anxiety upon God. Because he actually, he actually is the only one that cares for you, that could really care for you. Right after that, Peter says, be sober. In other words, don't be intoxicated. Don't be intoxicated. He's not talking about drinking alcohol, folks, or smoking weed. He's talking about a mental and a heart condition. Don't be intoxicated with your fear. And he says, be vigilant, be alert. In other words, keep awake, watch out for your fear and anxiety. 
And, and, and then he tells you why, because your adversary, and that's, that's your accuser, like um, one in a lawsuit, an opponent in, in court, he's accusing you all the time. The devil, which is Diablos in Greek, it's the, the Satan, he's the accuser, he's a slanderer, he's a false accuser. So he's constantly accusing you and slandering you, and he's taking you to court before God, and he will take your anxiety that you are intoxicated with, that you're not paying attention to, you're not alert of these things, and that you haven't cast your care upon him, you haven't cast these anxieties, you haven't humbled yourself before God, he will take that, and as a roaring lion who is is who's who's all about he's not just in his den he's not just in the forest he's not just you know in hell he's everywhere on this earth walking about and he's as this is the metaphor he's as a roaring lion and he's seeking whom he can just ter- t- totally devour tear up into pieces uh the greek means to gulp down entirely to drink down to devour to drown okay so then in Peter, in verse 9, he says, whom resist, right, your enemy, resist steadfast how? In the faith, in your faith in Christ and who you are, knowing that the same afflictions, now here's the suffering, knowing that the same afflictions, hardships, pain, emotion, suffering, folks, are accomplished in your brethren in the church, the real church of Christ, that are in the world, you're not going to get out of it. So that's why I said, if anybody tells you differently, they're doing you a great disservice because you, you're not really, you really don't know how to live the Christian life if you don't understand suffering and pain in this world and to understand that you cast the care upon your, your ultimate uh, deity because he cares for you. You have to be sober. You have to be not intoxicated by your anxiety. If you, if you, if you focus so much on your anxiety and your fear, you can't be vigilant. And your adversary, the one who's accusing you, is going to destroy you once he gets a hold of that. So, I was thinking about that scripture, right? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, I was thinking about that metaphor. And if, if, if the metaphor is having the lion seeking whom he can eat, um, why, why didn't Peter use the metaphor, the devil goes about as a ravenous lion, or a hungry lion. The devil goes about a starving lion. You get the point. The adjective would mean that he needs to devour for food. Um, that's, that's why he's walking about. And when he finds you, he's going to pounce on you. He's going to eat you. And why would Peter say roaring lion? What does roaring have to do anything? Now, common sense would tell you, and this is true. Common sense would tell you that, um, uh, in the wild, a lion hunting for food is not going to go about roaring. <laughs> He's not going to go, uh, you know, because lions operate in prides. And the female lion is the one who hunts. So so a female lion is not going to be out there with her sisters, right? And then they see a bunch of water buffalo at, at the stream. And, and they go, okay, there's food. There's food for our cubs. There's food for our pride. And then, rah! And they scare the heck out of the buffalo and the buffalo go running. Now you got to go chase them and try to get your food. It doesn't make sense. Um, It's counterproductive for a lion to roar when they're hunting. That's common sense. Plus, that's just true. They do not roar when they're hunting. 
any animal who's hunting doesn't make noise. In fact, they hunt by stealth. They hunt at night by stealth. So why would Peter say as a roaring lion? Roaring lion. Now, this is an interesting little study that's uh, it's absolutely awesome to get into um, later on. If you if you want to do a study on that, just take your Bible software, type in uh, search roaring lion. You can also search the, the term roar and find a lot of things. Well, it is a Hebrewism. It's a Hebrewism. Uh, it's used in the Old Testament over and over again, a roaring lion. So Peter didn't make it up. Peter was a Jew. Peter was a Hebrew. Peter was a first century Christian. And he drew upon uh, everything he knew. And that's one of the terms, roaring lion. So it doesn't mean that the lion's walking around roaring, trying to find who he's going to devour. Here's what it means. And I'll, and I'll show you. I'll take you to a website here in a second. But what it means is that the lion has captured prey. The lion is roaring because it has prey. And if it's threatened, if a hyena comes to try to take a little bit of uh, the morsel, it's going to roar. And we don't know what a lion roar sounds like. We've never heard it. In fact, lions don't roar in captivity like they would in the wild. Uh, apparently, this is like standing next to an airplane when they roar. It's unbelievable. So there's a lot of fear there. So what Peter's saying, don't be intoxicated by your anxiety and your fear, but be aware because when you hear that roaring, when you hear that alarm of that lion, right, that lion is out and about at night and you need to not go poke it in the face. You need to resist that in the faith, right? And how do you do that? You know that the same trials and afflictions that you are going through is the same thing a lot of other people, Christians are going through, and they're also in the world, okay? And you need to know that or else you're going to get intoxicated by your fear that enemy of yours is going to devour you. So lions do roar at night. They roar at night. They roar for various reasons. They communicate. They roar at mating season. They, they, they're territorial. They will roar to uh, establish their territory to cause fear in an enemy. They'll roar when they're protecting their food. There's a hierarchy when they eat. The, the lioness does the hunting, but the male lion eats first, then the lioness, then the cubs, and they will roar to protect their stuff. So when we go to the Old Testament and look at this, you will see that the roaring lion is normally associated with evil people, an evil leader, uh, wicked uh, presidents of the United States, wicked uh, congressmen and um, <laughs> pastors, church leaders, uh, university professors, bankers, you name it, people that are over you, they're wicked. And uh, the priests, <laughs> uh, they will... Uh, devour you and when they have you they will roar as they're tearing you apart and they roar uh, because they're territorial they hunt at night and you are in their territory you are you're the intruder you see the the, the devil walking around roaring as a lion seeking who's gonna devour you. that's this is his place this is his little deal he uh, set up here uh when he caused our first uh, fathers, Adam and Eve, first mother and father, Adam and Eve, to fall and disobey the, the commands of God. 
we are as Christians, as God followers, as uh, people renewed in spirit, we the, we're the intruder. It's going to roar when we intrude. So we need to be aware of that and stay steadfast in the faith, knowing that these afflictions will soon be over because God has called us into all his eternal glory, says Peter, by our, our Jesus, by our Christ. And, it, and then Peter says, after that, we have suffered a while, Right. I mean, this isn't, this isn't maybe coulda, woulda, shoulda, maybe you will get away with it, maybe you won't. No, it's a fact. After you suffer for a while, Jesus Christ will make you perfect, will establish you and strengthen and settle you. Okay, so it's just something that's not preached a lot. You know, grace and happy clappy's preached all the time, but trials and stuff's not preached a lot. Let me take you here to a website. I just picked one website. There's dozens of them you can go to. This is called Wild Explained. It's probably for, for little kids. And I just typed in, uh, I just Googled, oh, why do lions roar? And there's a lot of different reasons why they roar. And this little article talks about it, about how they're social animals. So they communicate through roaring and stuff. And, um, you know, how they operate in a pride. And it says that, uh, it says, roaring and making sounds are a vital part of a lion's interaction with each other and other animals. Well, that kind of gives you a clue. If Satan's out there like an enemy roaring and communicating, he's got other minions with him. He's got other people in his pride uh, that are also roaring and seeking food. Lion's roar can be heard. Now, this is interesting. A lion's, a lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away. Article after article has confirmed this. Uh, people who actually lived in this this Serengeti jungles in Africa in a tent have confirmed this and the fear they feel when they hear this at night. A lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away, and they use different types of roars to communicate different things. Peter just says, like a roaring lion. He doesn't give you specifics, but when you go into the Old Testament, the word lion is associated with violence. So the roaring is always associated with being tore apart. Okay, so he's, the, Satan's not going about roaring because he wants to lick you in the face. He wants to kill you and destroy your life. And he does that if you don't have faith in Christ. He does that if you're intoxicated with your own anxiety and your fear. That's how he does that. That's why there's so much fear today in this world. That's how he's operating. They feed off the fear. It makes the magic stronger. Okay. So, oh, that could happen to my kid. That could happen to me. That could, and you start worrying and you get intoxicated with your fear and you don't cast that anxiety on Christ because Christ has a better plan for you. And it may not be down here. You're going to go through the same crap. We have to understand that. So while fierce roaring is a warning sign to intruders, they also use other types of sounds. Uh, they'll growl and they vocalize and stuff like that. Um, but lions for the most part, will spend their day sleeping and snoozing, but they come active at night. And it's common for them to roar into the night. A lot of times, it's not because they're hunting and scaring the buffalo away. The, the females are out there hunting, but the lions will roar at night to establish their territory against any other, you know, other, other little male lion coming up and wanting to, you know, be, you know, king of the jungle there. And they're considered noctur uh, nocturnal animals. And they're active and they hunt at night. Now, 
Peter knew this. The ancient Jews knew this when they talked about roaring lions. That's why, you know, Paul says, hey, you're children of the day, not children of the night. If you're out at night screwing around with lions, you're probably going to run into one and they're going to devour you. If you're children of the day and you live by the day, by the light, you're not going to run into the animal. You can go about your business during the day. Okay. Now, uh, this article says lions are opportunistic hunters. So sometimes if a prey is near a water hole or something like that, they will hunt during the day. But for the most part, they are you know, nocturnal. And it says, do lions roar when hunting? This is what I said. They do not. We have seen in the movies that lions roar when hunting. Like many things in Hollywood, it's false. They don't roar when hunting. It's counterproductive for lions to roar when hunting. Right. When they hunt, they stalk their prey. They will, they'll stay hidden for as long as possible until they can approach the target. You know, you've seen this on the animal planet and National Geographic. Then they pounce on the water buffalo, take them down. But they don't they don't scare them off by yelling. So um, they roar for other reasons. And it's territorial. So when Peter says, be sober, don't be intoxicated with your grief and your fear and your anxiety, Stay alert because they're out there at night and they're warning you about their territory. And if you don't be careful, they're going to stalk you and kill you. Then they're going to be roaring over you to protect their food source. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, there's a way out of it. And that's faith. You got to believe in Christ. You got to cast your care. It's, it's a, it's a lot more than just a little spiritual warfare stuff. We normally attach to that scripture. All right. So in the zoo, you're not going to hear you're going to hear lions roar and grunt and stuff like that, but not that five mile radius roar because they're not encountering other lions that are a threat to them. Right. So um, it says of all the wild cats, lions can roar. Their roar can reach 114 dB decibels. That's a lot. Um, when I mix a song, I'm probably at uh, 75 or 80 dB. You know what I mean? Uh, 90 dB is about the the the, the uh, it's about the volume of a motorcycle. This is 114 dB. It's louder than a rock concert, which is usually about 110. And a jet plane, check this out, a jet plane is about 120. That will give you permanent ear damage if you're sitting there uh, listening to jet planes uh, take off all day. 114 is what this roar is. So when Peter says he's like a roaring lion, it's nothing that you don't, you could miss. It should scare the heck out of you when you hear evil roar. And then you cast that anxiety on God and you stay sober. You don't get anxious about it because you know that this kind of roaring, this kind of suffering is everybody's got to go through it. And even your brethren do. The only difference between you and the world is they have no way out. They have no eternal life. That's your job to tell them about that. Right. And then there's a whole reason why they roar so loud. They're, they're built different. That's why they do that. They don't usually roar after a kill, but they'll roar to protect their kill. So, it's a powerful thing. It can be heard five miles away, and it's as loud as 114 decibels. Uh, we've never heard such a thing, you know, uh, unless I, unless you know, somebody listening to the to this podcast has been in the wild and in, in Africa and actually heard such a thing. Most of it is, has never experienced that kind of sound or roar or the fear that something like that would bring. So let me go real quick. I did a search called the Roaring Lion. 
and uh, Bible software just to see, you know, what the Old Testament and other scriptures might say about it. So I'm going to take a commercial break and then we'll be right back and we'll continue with that. Don't come back because you want to hear this. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. Okay, I am back. Now check this out. The first time the term roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion is spoken of is in the book of Job and it's Eliphaz I believe sp- speaking to Job and he's talking about Yahweh he's talking about God and how God take how God destroys the wicked and um he he will just dis- he'll just totally destroy the roaring lion um <laughs> it's it's um it's a long one I'm not gonna read everything but it says uh e- e- Eliphaz says even as I've seen that uh, you know the wicked people plow iniquity and sow wickedness they reap the same then he says by the blast of God they perish this is in Job 4 uh chapter 8 or yeah I'm sorry Job chapter 4 verses 8 through 11 or something like that and it says by the blast of God he's talking about wicked people they perish and by the breath of his nostrils are consumed they the roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perisheth for lack of prey and the stout lion's whelps are scattered abroad. So back in Job, Eliphaz knew that the lion was powerful. The roaring of the lion is very um, powerful and scary. And he's saying God breaks the teeth of these lions. Uh, so then go to, now check this out. This is amazing. Psalms 22. The, it's a messianic psalm. And you know Psalms 22 as opening with the same, uh, well, Jesus said, uh, quoted it on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 22. And, um, and we know that that's a messianic psalm. It explains what Christ was going through uh, while he was on the cross and, and the things that he felt, it's just incredible. Well, do you know that the, the roaring lion is in this Psalm and he's talking about, uh, be not far from me in verse 11, Psalm 22, chapter 10 and verse 11 says, be not far from me for trouble is near for there is none to help. He says, many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me. He's hanging on the cross here in, and this is the prophetic word of that. And in verse 13, he says, they gaped upon me. In other words, they opened their mouths, you know, they opened their mouths upon me as a ravening. That means the word there is tearing apart to pluck to pieces as a ravening and roaring lion. 
Verse 14, it says, I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. So those Roman soldiers, the, the Jewish leaders, the people that had him crucified, the religious leaders, the very religious people of his day that has taken the law of God and totally corrupted it, perverted it for their own gain, stood around this, this God man as he died on the cross and they gaped upon him with their mouths and they said things to him and they made fun of him and shook their heads at him and they were like ravening, destroying, roaring lion. So here was Jesus in this, this Psalm, this prophetic Psalm has Jesus right in the lion pit, right where the roar is. That's how loud it is. And um, they have him as prey. They think they have him as prey and they're roaring loud to establish their territory, establish their fear, establish who they are and that they have the prey and they're going to consume and devour and totally drink up this prey, which would be Yeshua on the cross. Um, they, they didn't know what was going to happen in the resurrection and the glorification of him at this point. Interesting, is it not? Proverbs, Proverbs verse uh, chapter 19, verse 12 says, the king's wrath is as the roaring of a lion, but his favor is due upon the grass. In other words, when a king is mad, uh, it's like the violence of a lion. Uh, here's one, Proverbs chapter 20, verse two says, the fear of a king is as the roaring of a lion, Whoso provoketh him to anger sitteth against his own soul. Okay. So, uh, it's like, it's like you're out in the Serengeti, uh, you know, African jungle and you hear this huge roaring of the lion and then you go search where the lion's at and go poke him in the face. That's what that Psalm is saying. Don't be stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, as a roaring lion and raging bear, so is a wicked ruler over the poor people. That's Proverbs twenty-eight fifteen. Isn't that true? Think about your idiot government. Think about the idiots in charge of you. Think about the 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 fools that are on the ship with you. The, you're on a ship and, and it's run by a bunch of fools. You're, the lunatic asylum is running the world, right? All all the nut buckets are out and they're running the asylum. And you're standing there and you're watching all this and you're watching that ship sink and you're going, holy moly, um, as a roaring lion, right? That's one who's establishing its territory, who's creating fear, who's protecting the, the food it's already gotten. It's already gotten its prey, folks. It's not roaring because it's looking for prey. It already has it. And as a roaring lion and a raging bear, so is a wicked ruler, Joe Biden, over the poor people. There you go. And Isaiah uh, chapter 5, verse 29. Their roaring shall be like a lion. They shall roar like lions. Yea, they shall roar and lay hold of the prey and shall carry it away. The word is safe, but the Greek word means to carry it away, um, to take it out and hold it. And none shall deliver it. Well, they, they're going to carry it away safely. No one's going to take the prey from this roaring lion. That's God talking about judgment on Israel in that day. Uh, God is saying, because you have disobeyed me, your priests are wicked. Um, 
you know, you guys are just acting like a bunch of arses, right? And you don't listen to me. You don't care about my law. I'm sending some people against you. And uh, their horses' hoofs shall be counted like flint. Their wills are like whirlwinds, on and on. And it says their roaring shall be like a lion. In other words, they're going to establish their power. They're going to get you as prey. They shall roar uh, like a young lion when it has its prey. And they're going to roar and lay hold of you as prey. That's what God tells the people through Isaiah. And they shall carry you away. They shall carry you away um, to escape. They're going to they're gonna escape with you and none shall deliver it. Um, in verse 30 of that, Isaiah 5, chapter 29, verse 30 says, And in that day they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. Doesn't that sound like Christ's words when Christ says, um, that the men's hearts, you know, shall uh, fail them for what's coming on the earth and nation, you know, will rise against nation and men and men's are going to be wringing their hands in perplexity and every, the nations are going to be roaring like the sea. Well, Isaiah says the same thing because it's Jewish Hebraism. And in that day, they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. Not the roaring of a lion is a roaring of the sea, but it's similar. It's violence, violence. Okay. Darkness. And it says that it says, and, uh, and if one look into the land, behold, darkness and sorrow and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. Very similar language that Yeshua used uh, when he was prophesying the end. Okay. Let's look at Ezekiel. Ezekiel's the same thing. God is talking about, Hey, you know, you, um, you're, you're, you're disobeying me. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel and said, son of man, say unto her, thou art the land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. Okay. This is Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 24. And, uh, that's the, what I'm about to read is 25. It says, there's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. So the prophets are like a lion who's already captured the prey. I want you to understand this. They're not roaring because they're looking for the prey. They already have the prey. So when Peter says your enemy, the accusers out there, out and about, and he's roaring, seeking who he can devour, he already has his prey. He has the world. He has the sinner. He has the disobedient. He has the one who's who's shaking their fence to God and says, I don't want you or you don't exist or I don't want any part of you in my life or I don't care about you. He already has that person. He had us before we got delivered, before our faith was exercised in the Lord Jesus Christ. But once it gets exercised in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're no longer his prey. We have to stay sober and vigilant in that so we don't become his prey. So the prophets in Ezekiel day, in Ezekiel's day, were roaring as like lions ravening their prey. They they have devoured souls. It says they have taken the treasure and precious things. Well, you know, it sounds like money preachers to me. It sounds like every church out here asking for money. All they want is your money. They want your tithe, your offering, your gifts. They want, they just want your pocketbook. They want to pay their salaries. They have devoured souls. 
they devour souls. Oh, you come work for the church. You work for God. Do this, do that, do this. You got to do that. They're, they're, they're ravening lions. I'm telling you, they have taken the treasure and precious things, right? They have taken the gospel and they made money off of it. They've made her many widows in the midst thereof. This is Ezekiel talking about prophets in his day. It hasn't changed. Listen to this. Verse 26, her priests have violated my law. God says, and have profaned my holy things. You, you might just you might just exchange the word priest and put her pastors. Her 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 American Christianity have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. That's why your church looks like a rock concert, man. Except without the talent. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. Well, that's why they ha- they can have every homosexual and transgender come into their church and be leaders and do all this nonsense because they've hid their eyes from God's Sabbath and they have profaned among them. It goes on and on what they do. But the point I want to make is that they are like ravenous, roaring lions. God uses that metaphor for destruction. Peter's telling you, stay away from it. When you see these clowns roaring, you don't want to be their prey. They already got prey. You don't want to become more prey. Right? So like Peter says, be sober. Don't be intoxicated with your fear, your grief, your anxiety, your emotions. Be vigilant. Okay? Vigilant. Be aware Keep awake. Be watchful. Why? Because your enemy, he's your adversary. He's the one that's accusing you in the court of God. He is the Satan. The Greek calls him Diablos. He's a transducer. He's a false accuser. He's a slanderer. The slander he's going to say is that you have no trust in God. And he goes about, the metaphor is, as a roaring lion. That means he already has the prey. He already has the territory. He already has it all together. He's just protecting what he has. And he's not bound to some forest or some den. He's walking about. And he's seeking other prey who he may devour. Peter tells you what to do about it. He says, resist that. He says, resist it steadfast. That means solid, stable, strong, sure. Don't half ass it. You got to do it with strength. In the faith. In the faith of what? In the faith of who you are in Christ and who he is and what he did for your eternal life. And you have to know that the same afflictions, the same hardships are accomplished in the church of Christ, the real brotherhood under Christ that are in the world. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory. Did he call us into earthly glory? Temporal glory, fleshly glory? No, he called us unto his eternal glory by Messiah, by Christ Jesus. 
And when does he do this? When does he call us into his eternal glory? Peter says, after you have suffered a while. You have to be vexed, passion, suffering. After you've suffered for a while and you learn to be humble and trusting, he will make you perfect. Perfect. It means complete, to perfect, to be complete, to restore complete, to establish, right? To set fast, to confirm you, to strengthen you, and to strengthen you, to give you knowledge and power, and to settle you, to make you stand erect, to be grounded. That's the promise. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen, says Peter. And uh, that's what I was thinking about the other day. I think it's a great thing to think about. That's what came to me. Why do lions roar? And why did Peter use that adjective when he could have used on the surface? He should have used your enemy goes about as a hungry lion seeking who he can devour. That would be a better adjective. A hungry lion is one who is seeking someone to devour because he's hungry. Why didn't Peter say a ravenous lion or a starving lion? No, he used a roaring lion. What does roaring have to do with eating? It isn't. Roaring has everything to do with destruction. Destruction. Whom he may devour is saying whom he may destroy. He already has the prey. That's why he's roaring. You need to know that and stay out of its way. All right. That's it for today. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. I hope you kind of get what I'm saying. Do a search. Go deeper. Amen. Bye-bye.